Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm your co-host, Marissa Kai Millick, registered dietitian and binge freedom coach. As your guest host, I'm interviewing dietitian bosses and sharing their stories to inspire you to take action and create a six-figure income using social media marketing. Kaylee Donovan is a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer from Boston, Massachusetts. Kaylee started her career as a clinical dietitian. After spending time in the clinical setting and fitness industry, Kaylee did not feel fulfilled in the work she was doing. Through her own struggles with disordered eating, addiction to exercise, and poor body image, Kaylee discovered her passion for helping women heal their relationship with food and their body. She now helps women worldwide break free from dieting so they can live their best and healthiest lives. Hi, Kaylee. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hi, Marissa. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's just start. What is your nutrition philosophy? I know we kind of mentioned it in your bio, but how would you describe it in your own words? To me, I'm all about helping women feed their bodies with foods that make them feel good and you know, taking the guilt and the stress out of nutrition. I feel like nutrition in general has just kind of evolved into this confusing stressful thing that it doesn't really need to be that way. So it's really about breaking free from those food rules and finding your food freedom. So instead of, you know, living day to day obsessing over food, I help women live day to day making memories and just feeling really good about their life and their body. So yeah, guilt free nutrition. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So how did you get into this field? Do you have a personal story or, you know, you sound really passionate about it. So what got you here? It was definitely my own struggles. Like in the bio said, you know, my disordered eating, my addiction to exercise, that definitely prompted it. But my experience in the fitness industry was like the final straw of like, okay, this is what I want to be doing. You know, I work in a a very big health club as a dietitian and trainer, and the emphasis on it was how you looked and you'll get more clients if you look a certain way. And, you know, not only was that just like very negative for my own mindset, it just wasn't a place that I felt comfortable going into every day. And it just wasn't something I was passionate about. So, you know, that was kind of the final straw of like, okay, you don't have to live like this. And, you know, you can help other people, no matter, you know, what you look like or what anything like that, that has nothing to do with it. So that was kind of like the final straw of like, okay. I am doing this on my own. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. I love that you have that personal connection to the story because I think that really helps kind of fuel your fire for starting your own business for sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What has been your journey with starting this business and growing it? Yeah, so you know, I started in clinical and then spent some time in that fitness industry and I like once I decided to get out of that, that's when I, you know, I found Libby and literally when, you know, after my first call with her, that was like when I started my business, you know, I had nothing prepped or created before meeting with her. It was like that initial call with her was just like, okay, I'm starting my business. And it just has sort of evolved from that, you know, like one thing happens to the next. But it was just really for me, just like getting started and stop overthinking like, okay, you know, I just need, you know, another year in this field or another year doing this. And it was just kind of like, you know, pull the trigger and just do it. And Libby helped me get to that place. 
So a few months ago, when my group program started with her, that's really when my business started. Yeah. I love that. How you just said, you know, you just have to pull the trigger. You don't always have to have all your ducks in a row before you get started. Cause I think so often we make excuses from having us start something, but you're right. You know, just getting started before you're ready is so important. So when you had that first initial call with Libby to where you are now, was your niche always the same or had it evolved? Yeah. So it was pretty much the same. I, I struggled with it at first. Because I thought, you know, coming from the world I was in that people wanted weight loss, that I should be selling weight loss. That was going to give me my clientele. So I struggled with, you know, getting completely rid of that weight loss. But so I guess now it just it 100% is that food freedom and health at every size. And, you know, I am always saying I, I'm not a weight loss dietitian. You know, I still have people coming for me for weight loss. So it pretty much you know, with a few tweaks from starting with Libby, it pretty much stayed the same, but it was kind of like honing in on that one instead of, you know, thinking I should be helping everybody. Well, you know, I'll take one weight loss client. Like, no, that's why I started this because I I don't want to work with that. So really accepting and knowing that you don't need to help everybody. There's plenty of people out there who are looking for what you provide them and the result that you provide them or just focus like you know I think it's just also being a part in that diet culture it's like everybody's looking for weight loss and I was afraid that I wouldn't get any clients if I didn't put those weight loss results out there but I have actually found the exact opposite and there's lots of people who you know struggle with their relationship with food and are really seeking out what I can provide for them yeah, I love that you realized that you know you needed to stay focused on exactly what you wanted to help people with and what they needed from you rather than getting sucked into what you thought would just sell because it's really important to stay true to our nutrition philosophy for sure. So how did you ultimately get clearer on your niche and ideal client? You know, you said you made some minor tweaks, but it allowed you to get more clear. So what was that like for you and how did you get that clarity? So definitely in Libby's program has helped me get very clear because I think before I got started, my Instagram was just pictures of food. There was no purpose to it. And I think that's how a lot of RDs start out, you know, just posting Insta-worthy pictures. So my whole feed was that. And it was really kind of about solving that biggest problem. And I was my ideal client. So a lot of the problems I was solving was related to, you know, my past experience. But I also hit that point where I realized I can't just be putting content out that I think like I want to see. It was sort of like a domino effect. The more you post, your audience will let you know what they want. And you kind of just fly with that. So at first, it was a lot of like experimenting what's going to work. And I still experiment here and there. But now when you really figure out what your audience wants, then it's just, you know, how you recreate those posts. And the more clients you get, you know, that's great for content, because they're telling you their struggles, and you turn their struggles and their problems into a post. So I think how it evolved, just like getting started, getting those first few clients, and and realizing that don't just obsess over what you want to put out there, you know, your audience, 
they do a really great job on telling you what they want to see. So that was huge for me. Yeah. I love that reflection and how you went from posting what you wanted to posting what they wanted. And that's how you really, you know, draw in your ideal clients. So what changed in your business or marketing once you had that clarity? Once I had that clarity, I definitely got more interest. I got more engagement on my feed. I got a lot more discovery calls. So everything sort of changed from that girl that just posted recipes and was just kind of this little inspo Instagram girl to like, okay, she's solving my problems and I want to work with her. So it just really transformed my Instagram. And I never really realized that Instagram could be your marketing. Like I thought I would need to hire a separate marketing person, have this amazing like website and go out and talk to everybody on the streets. Like, all that stuff where you really just have like your marketing tool, like literally on your phone. So yeah, that was also huge. (laughs) Yeah. And so how do you use Instagram to market and sell? You know, you said you thought you needed all of these different things, but now you're just using Instagram, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what has been your process of that and how do you, how do you use it to get these sales? Before I started with Libby, I had no direction. I would just, again, post recipes, post pictures of myself, whatever. And then prior, I mean, then after starting that program, really prepping content ahead of time has saved me a lot. I used to just post to post like, oh, I have to post today. Like I got to get my five days in a week, but creating it ahead of time and getting feedback in the group and editing and stuff, you know, having that lined up for the week based off of last week's insights has helped me a lot. And yeah, I really only use Instagram. I have a Facebook page link to it, but I don't get any engagement. I just, you know, I just share it. But Instagram is the source and I I try to post five times a week consistently. I'm getting much better on showing my face in stories. That was a huge struggle for me. Not that it's not a struggle right now, but um I definitely have gotten better. So yeah, posting and stories and interacting. I think, you know, in one of Libby's podcasts, one of the RDs was like, don't just post and ghost. Like don't just post and then like leave your feed for hours, you know, interacting with the comments and the DMs and all that. Yeah. So Instagram is really just my main marketing. That's my main focus. Once I get very good at marketing, I might explore other social media outlets, but Right now, Instagram is working for me. Right. Yeah, that's awesome that you've been able to make these sales and only use Instagram. And you know, it's important not to spread ourselves too thin, especially at the beginning of this journey of growing your business. So I love that you decided to just hone in and focus on Instagram and it's been working for you. So what is your process for creating Instagram content? You said you batch content, but how do you actually get the ideas? How do you create them? You know, tell us a little bit about your process. Yeah. So a lot of my ideas before I had clients, they were basically coming from my personal experience. And then once I got a few clients, I I take their problems, their struggles and turn that into a post. I also have some family and friends that, you know, are ideal clients that are, are very easy to, you know, ask, you know, what are you struggling with? What is your problem? What would you like to see? So I get a lot of ideas from them. And then I typically spend one day a week 
writing out my ideas and then taking like two hours to take pictures. I usually have my sister come over as my photographer and I just bang out as many as we can. And then I spend a couple hours making the post on Canva. And it sounds like a lot, but if you just dedicate certain time blocks to get this done, then the stress later on in that week is so minimal. Like literally before I batch prepped my content every day, like I would just stress, like I need to post and I would waste so much time just posting to post and they were never that great of quality. So it's really beneficial to take the time and dedicate some time to plant, even if it's two posts that you can prep ahead of time, it's going to make a huge, huge difference in your week and everything. So that's kind of my process. I try to stick to that as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely varies, I'm sure, um, especially as our schedules get busier. But so like you said, you're batching content and which I think is so important for when you're posting five days a week, when you're trying to be consistent, you know, this process is working for you because like you said, when you're trying to get content out there every single day, it can get really stressful to stay on top of things. So what has been your biggest struggle with converting clients or the people on your Instagram to clients from just using Instagram alone? And how did you navigate that to turn it around? Yeah. So I think my biggest struggle is that I never want to sound like a salesperson. You know, my previous job at a health club, I felt like I was selling. That's all I was doing was selling and I wasn't actually helping people. And I just never felt really good at it. So switching to this, it's, I'm focusing more on like developing relationships with people, even though it's just through social media. I think people really appreciate if you take the time to answer their DM or, you know, I'll post questions in my stories and I'll, I'll reply to them all. And people really like that interaction or somebody that comments on your post responding to them. Because even if that is a potential client and they don't, sign up for a discovery call that day, engaging and developing a relationship and letting them know that you're a person behind the screen, it plants seeds. And, you know, I've had people that have been following me for a while, but it takes them, you know, weeks or a month or months to actually apply for a discovery call. So it's super important just to like, remember, even if you're getting DMs and nothing is really coming from them right away, who knows, you know, in a week or a month from now, you're planting so many seeds. And I think Instagram is easy to for people to just think that there's not much, you know, human interaction. So as much as you can kind of provide people with your authentic, like human self, I think they really appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. Building that know, like, and trust, knowing that you're a real person and you're not being just a salesman trying to get clients, but you're actually there to provide a service and provide their desired outcome. For sure. It's super important. So in regard to that, you know, you said you don't want to sound like a salesperson. Sales can be tricky and difficult. How did you approach sales prior to, to getting to where you are now? And how is it now? Like, how did your process evolve? Yeah, so I still get nervous and a little stressed with sales calls. I think that's just natural and I don't know if I'll ever grow out of that, but I've definitely evolved greatly from my first sales call. 
I started with like, you know, I had a script and I followed that script and I wrote down everything they said. And sometimes I'd be so focused on writing down what they said, that I wasn't truly listening. So after multiple group calls, you know, with the, with Libby's program, it forced me to reflect on those and try something new. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I had two back-to-back discovery calls. And the first one, I followed the script and she didn't end up signing up with me. But the second one, I decided to just free ball it. Obviously I had questions in my head, but it was just a conversation. And it was just like talking to a friend and she ended up signing up with me. So that made me reflect greatly on how to approach future sales calls. You know, you don't always have to follow a script you know, that probably makes you sound more salesy. Definitely, you know, having those questions in mind, and I still take notes, but I wasn't like reading verbatim what I had on my script. And it just completely changed the entire call and the outcome. I really believe it had a difference in the outcome. So yeah, going forward from then on, I approach the sales calls like it's a conversation with a friend. And it also takes off some of the stress for me. I think we all go in, we want to make sales, we want to make sales. And it's great when we do, it's awesome. But knowing not everybody is going to sign up with you and just treat it like a normal conversation. And it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. I love that reflection and how you took a barrier of struggling with sales calls and realized, okay, what am I doing and how can I do it differently? Tried something new and then know, watched how it worked. It's the same with like recreating content. You see what works and then you follow that direction. You switched up your sales call a bit, probably got clearer with how you're, you're speaking to them in the direction that you're leading them. And therefore, you know, you started making more sales that way. So with respect to the offer that you're actually offering them on the call, what is your offer and how did you come to come up with that? Yeah. So I started with a three session bundle I wanted to sell a certain amount and feel comfortable, but I was realizing, and I brought this to the group that I had a really hard time setting boundaries with the three session bundle, that idea of just giving them that one hour session and not communicating in between. I still found myself doing that and Mm -hmm. I really struggled. So then I progressed my offer and this is my current offer right now, a six week package So that includes three 45-minute video calls with me, and I send them those weekly check-ins. So I bumped up the price on that, and I've sold sold a few of those since I created that new offer. And it also just makes me feel a a little bit more valued in that I'm getting what I deserve with the, the work I'm putting in. Because with that lower offer, I just was very bad at at setting my boundaries and sticking to it. So right now I feel comfortable with that six week package and I feel comfortable talking to it more than that three session bundle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you mentioned as you progressed your offer and gave more deliverables, you increased your price. So what has been your biggest challenge with increasing your price and increasing your offer? And maybe what was easier than expected? So when I first increase the offer. It was actually to one of my current clients. She bought the bundle and then it was time to kind of renew. And that was like, I literally that day like decided I'm going to do this six weeks. So I threw it out there and I think I was also more comfortable with her, but yeah, 
she, you know, signed on and the price didn't seem like an issue. So, you know, I'm always worried when I, when I state the price and this, you know, like getting to that price point, it, it scares me a little bit because you don't know what they're thinking. I feel like some people might be expecting way less, but overall, I feel comfortable with saying it because I feel like I'm giving them a lot with it. You know, there's more deliverables in it. And as they go through the program, I think they they really see the value in it. And I've also changed that whole kind of discovery call to, you know, how can you imagine your life? You know, how much better will your life be if, you know, you find food freedom, you break free from these food rules. I used to be so focused on like, well, I can help you with this. I can get you this, like all of that, where they really want to just envision where their life can be from working with you. So by shifting to that mindset in my calls, it's made that bump of the price and stating that price a little easier to digest for them and me because I've just kind of had them picture their life six weeks from now. So that was just a big change for me. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's a really good point. And thank you for sharing that, that, you know, it is about showing them the outcome of their life and giving them that that dream, that vision of what it could look like from working with you and really focusing on them rather than focusing on yourself. It's the same thing with creating content. What does the client want versus what do you want to say? Totally. So since shifting that and getting really clear on your offer, increasing your price, do you care talking money and sales? How has your sales evolved from starting this program to where you are now? Yeah. So sales, when I first started Libby's program were zero no sales. And then I hit my 1k goal. And now I officially have passed 2k. And my goal after 1k was 3500. So I'm almost there. And I think by changing my offer and feeling more confident on the sales calls and my content that I can get there sooner. So it has definitely progressed. And I don't think I would be here if I didn't start the program. I think you know, I get in my own head a lot. I think a lot of us do overthinking and having that group support to know like so many other RDs are going through the same thing. You are the same mindset and it just really helps you to grow and shift that fixed mindset to that growth mindset. So I'm super excited to just keep getting towards my goals and getting more towards that steadier income. But I don't think I'd be where I was at if I I didn't invest in a business coach like Libby. So yeah, starting from zero and then hitting that 2K mark and just trying to get to my next goal. (laughs) Yeah. So your next goal is 3,500, you said. What's your long-term goal? So long-term, I would really like to consistently get, you know, 5K a month as my income. I also, I teach group fitness a lot on the side and that takes up a big chunk of my time. So it's kind of going to be about finding my happy medium between the two and figuring out my capacity for nutrition clients and my group fitness. Right now, I think getting to 5k consistently per month would be, you know, great for me, just balance with everything, but who knows? where I'll be in a few months from now. But right now that's my goal and that's my vision. 
Yeah. And I love that you're, you're still doing something else you're passionate about on the side, doing that group fitness. So what advice would you give to other RDs who are starting this virtual private practice as a side hustle or as something that they eventually want to grow into to where it is their full-time job, you know, balancing the two? Yeah. So I was fortunate to be able to get rid of my full-time job completely, but I'm super passionate about group fitness and there's a way to to intertwine them both. So I think, again, it's just kind of just do it. You figure it out as you go instead of thinking about all, you know, the negative outcomes that could happen. Just do it and roll with it. Even with, you know, a complete full-time job, you can still spend some time, you know, posting and hopping on your stories even if you can't post consistently. But, you know, taking a couple minutes out of your day to just hop on your stories and, and say that you're taking clients can make a huge difference. So I think also balancing the two has also made me set more boundaries and not just be free with all my time. Like, okay, I need to get this done because I have to go teach this class. So in a way it's been good to kind of control my time and respect my time. But I definitely think that for those RDs that are still in a full-time or part-time or whatever it is, and they feel like that's holding them back from getting started, don't let it. Just do it. You're, you're going to figure it out no matter what. So just don't let that be an excuse to not pursue your dream. Oh, I love that. That was such a great reflection. Definitely. I, I think that's really inspiring. So, you know, you started in clinical, right? So. Yeah. What would you tell somebody who may be in clinical right now listening to this? Like, do you have any clinical stories to share and and how you really transferred out of that into now this dream job that you're doing? Yeah. So when I was in my undergrad, I always knew I wanted my own business. And then my dietetic internship, I was like, oh, you know, maybe clinical is the route. And you have those preceptors in your ears, like two years clinical, clinical experience, and then do whatever you want. So that was ingrained in my head. So that's the path I took. You know, I sought out that clinical job right after passing my RD exam and I, I did it for two years. And I love working with other RDs in that field. And I met a lot of great friends, but I also didn't like having my schedule controlled. <laughs> and that was also like, okay, I want to be my own boss because, you know, clocking in, clocking out. And then there was days where, I had to see like 30 patients and I was there till like seven o'clock some nights. Cause I just like was so nervous of not getting them done. And it's just like, no, that's not how I want to live forever. And yes, it taught me a lot of things about nutrition, but I knew that I never wanted to do that for life. So why, why am I doing that now? Like even nothing in the hospital relates to really either something, but not really to my niche right now, you know? So the patients that I were seeing, they, they did not really value me. And that's crushing after spending years dedicating your time, your energy to this field, and then putting your heart and soul into your job. And your patients just really don't value you like you thought they would. It's just crushing. So if I knew what I knew now, I don't think I would go into clinical right after school. I think like I said, just start now. I don't regret meeting all the RDs there. I love that. But 
I just realized, you know what? I want to control my schedule. I want to work with the people I want to work with. I don't want to tell somebody every day that they can only have, you know, 1500 milligrams of sodium. (laughs) So, you know, that was also a big determinant for me of getting out of clinical was these aren't the patients I want to see. But, you know, I know a lot of RDs that are super passionate about clinical and, you know, I definitely, that's inspiring and that's great, but we all have our different paths. And I think you, you figure that out, but if you know that you want to start your business, like just, just start it now. Yeah. I think that's really great to hear, you know, that there's no reason to wait. You know, you went through the two years of clinical and you realized you didn't need that in order to start your private practice, which is really inspiring. So what would you tell these RDs who are just starting out, who are hearing your story and being like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do the two years of clinical. Like, what do you want to tell them? I want to tell them that know your worth as a dietitian, because even if you are, you know, a student, if you're one year out, you know, a week out, whatever, you're a dietitian. You just spent years studying this. And never mind like the classwork, you're still like, at least when I was an undergrad, when I left a class, I was still studying nutrition constantly. It was just like all in my mind. So like you put in so many years into this field, know your worth and don't settle for anything less. If you know that you can help tons of people and that's what you're really passionate about and your current clinical job is not giving you that, then get out of it or at least start on something new so you can get out of it. You know, I know some people need to stick in that clinical just, you know, to make some money and I totally respect that, but start working on your dreams as a little side hustle and start now so that in a few months or a year or whatever, you can have your, you know, your dream job and you can look forward to it every day. So just get started, figure out what type of client you want to serve and and go from there. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was really inspirational. I think (laughs) that those listening who are are getting ready to go in one direction or the other will really appreciate that advice. So tell us what's next for your business. So I have always envisioned myself working in groups. And I think that's because I love group fitness. I just, I feel like I thrive in groups, you know, the energy is great. I love the support. So right now I'm planning my group program, my group nutrition coaching program. I love my one-on-one clients. And this is another thing, like I thought I needed to, you know, have so many clients and do all of these things before I can start my group. And it was, I think it was two coaching calls back with Micah. She was like, if that's where you want your business to be, if you want group coaching, she's like, start it now. And it's like, yes, exactly. It's like that same clinical thing. I was getting in my head, like I need X amount of clients to start this. So that's where I see my business going right now is creating that group coaching program, you know, building it and just having really great clients in my group and that support and that energy. So I'm really looking forward to transitioning to that over the next month or so. But yeah, for now, I'm going to keep, you know, doing my one-on-ones and getting that group program going. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're doing amazing. You've progressed, you know, you're in now the packages and next up is group. So I think that that will be a a great next step and you'll do great. So why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? On Instagram, I'm at dietfree.nutritionist. 
Um, that's really the main place to find me. My website is KayleeDonovanRD.com, but I've kind of put that on the back burner because like, you know, with living, you don't need a fancy website <laughs> to yeah. create your business. So honestly, that website's a little dusty right now. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, Instagram's all you need. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Marissa. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.